Heavenly Father, I know it's been written this since the beginning. I'm seeking your truth and I'm seeking your wisdom. You got in my steps, now you leave me with vision. Uh, Heavenly Father, the book of Genesis to Revelation, student to God, teaching the basics out on the road, pursuing this. Uh, Heavenly Father, truth is, I'm a sinner. I am a winner. I got the work and I cut the vices. Wow. This is in the text. Aren't you excited? I'm excited. I'm super excited. Thank you guys so much for coming. Let's give it up for the decor outside. The decor team is awesome. For all the production, for Ebony and everybody. We're just so excited to be here, guys. Doesn't it look awesome? It looks super cool in here. This looks great. Y'all look great. Y'all are part of the right. amazing ambiance of this room. And we're, we're so excited about this inaugural season and episode of In the Text. And most of you already know, but we'll say it again. I'm Dr. Joshua. I'm Raven. And I'm KP. <laughs> this is exciting. Exciting. KP, yeah. how you feeling? You ready? You prepped? You ready to go? Good. I'm excited. <laughs> Dr. Joshua, you excited? I'm pumped. I'm pumped now that it's here. I'm 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 just thrilled that we're coming together to get in this book. Get in this text. Yeah, and I love the form that Dr. Josh thought for in the text. Like it's such a unique way to go into the Bible presenting like a podcast with all the hosts and the lights and all this stuff, but really getting into the meat of the Bible. I think that was super unique. So really, Dr. Josh, let's kind of start there. Yeah. Like what? This, why are we here? Why are we sitting on all these couches? Like, why this look? Why are we doing this for the Bible? For Genesis? Yeah, you know, my, my first thought behind this concept is like, how do, I, how do I get people to read the Bible every day? Right. And, you know, when you're trying to, um, there was a fantastic quote out from a pastor who recently passed away. Pastor Jack Hayford, he says, a pastor is somebody who leads. And so it's like, a pastor's job is like, how do I get the sheep from point A to point B? And then what's the nourishment they need to get there? Right? And so this video podcast is part of that strategy. Right. Um, So that's the first thing. But then the second thing really is for people to realize that the Bible is just as rich as anything you watch on the MCU. This is right. This is filled with amazing <laughs> stories, events, drama. I mean, there's no celebrity gossip that beats Literally. the drama yeah. of these characters. Right. Yeah. So for those who read the book, like show of hands, like how many of y'all are like, this is a messy, crazy book. Were y'all thinking that when y'all read it? It's a really deep, messy book. Um, and so I love the fact, and I love to your point of it and bring it in this way, we can make it a real personal and tangible thing. It doesn't have to be some ancient mystical thing. It could be super, super tangible. KP, when you heard we were doing it this way and you're going to be a host. Oh, my and goodness. And you have to prep. How did you feel? Oh, my goodness. You know, I felt good. I felt good um, just to uh, be able to dive into text with you all. And uh, especially with Genesis, right? We all love Genesis. Just like, just like how y'all mentioned so much drama. Yeah. And we're able to uh, just go from the beginning on when God first started everything. And so I'm just excited. Uh, can't wait till we dive into this thing and talk excited. about all the drama. All the drama. All the drama. Yes. And, you know, we have a mixed group of audience that could be, you know, in the audience and also that could potentially watch this. And so 
Or I know some of us, it's easier to kind of get in the Bible and dig and read. Right. Um, but there's another whole group of people I kind of want to address. And there's those who kind of are like, well, one, why get into this ancient text? Why get into this, you know, ancient book? And why even invest myself in it? Like, it's a bunch of fairy tales. It's not really real. Um, like, what do we kind of, how do we approach that? Like, what should our response be, like, as believers to why that's such an no, to me, even if you're not a believer, you, you got to give respect to the scripture, right? Like sure. in world history, did you ever just, you ever read about the pyramids and everybody looks at the pyramids because they've lasted for so long. I mean, for thousands of years, thousands of years ago, they were built and now they're still here. Well, the Bible is the same way, even if you don't believe in it, like we're still right. talking about it thousands of years later. Thousands of years. What ideas do we have personally that people are going to still be talking about a thousand years from now? So I you should at least be curious about the longevity of the text. For sure, absolutely, yeah. I have a question for you guys. Uh, how, like before this, how often did you read like a book of the Bible in a sitting? You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> like read all of Genesis in a couple of days or all of Exodus in a couple of days. In a couple of days? Couple of days. Or three days, you know what I'm talking about. Like kind of read it like you read a novel. Mm. I've never done it. That, I've never even thought to challenge myself to even read it in that short period of time. Um, I'm the type of person where I like to really digest and sit with and all that and wrestle with. So doing it in a short period of time was first intimidating. I was like, can I even do this? And second, it was so amazing to read it and challenge myself in that short period of time because I was able to see the bigger picture of the story. Like it is one story. It moves and navigates in different ways, but it is one story. So that was really awesome to see. Yeah, you? man, it's, it, I was the same way. I was, I was intimidated. You know, 50 chapters in three days. In three days. 50 chapters in three days. Um, but just like, just like how you said, like once you start reading it, man. and you, man, when you start seeing them stories, I, it was times where I uh, text Raven like, hey, did you see this? I've never seen this uh, part of the story before, so it just kept getting good and good and good. Okay, yeah. I can do this. Maybe, maybe I need to start doing this a little more often because, especially as you get older, you can you can read something when you're younger, but once you get older and you're mature, yeah. you, it start it start relating to you differently. Especially uh, seeing like now, I'm a husband and I have kids, oh, and I'm, so able see, I'm able to see it in a different light now. That's so good. And, and to that point, like, um, for those of you who don't know, I work here full time at Zoe Center as um, a young adult coordinator. So a lot of my job is interacting with peers my age, some a little bit younger than me. And so what I was able to see in the text is I had a different heart for the characters in the story because the youth and the you know students that I deal with, they're going through just regular things like that. Yeah. And the way I relate and have compassion for them, I was able to see that, you know, related in the text. I was like, oh, you know, Rachel, you know, whatever. She had her situations, but I, I feel for her. I felt for that need of her wanting to do that. Um, yeah, I was able to see that through the text. That was pretty awesome. And that's what's funny about book it's like you see more of God but then you see more of people like yeah. he's just regular folk this is a regular right. dude and a regular chick they just happen to be in the Bible yeah. and God's using them so that's yeah. always interesting to me just to see their regular humanity come out in the story how'd you feel with the challenge because you you have a lot going on how'd you feel challenging you know to do it? it's always teaching me I don't think there's a time I read the scripture where it's not 
to me in some way. And it seems like, oh, this is an ancient text. We've read it all the time. But um, that's, that's the thing about this book. It's, mm-hmm. it's transformative. And you get to focus on different aspects of the book every time you read it. Uh, but this time, just know I'm reading it, not just with you, but with all of you listening no. to us in person and online. That's exciting. Um, it's going to be an experience. I'm just excited that we're all going to go together. And to that point, and then I'll let you go ahead. Sure. What's been super exciting is being here on campus since we're all doing it together. And like, we'll have little dialogues in the bathroom about, um, I had one with Melissa earlier and she was like, girl, there is a lot of incest in this Bible. And I was like, you are so right. And just being able to dialogue and have these conversations, like I think it even brings us together that we're going through it as a family. So if you haven't jumped on the Genesis train, don't worry, but get in that text. It's really, really good. Can I say something about that? It's like, that's the other thing. The Bible doesn't camouflage any of the messiness mm. of right. the human experience. It just yeah. lays it out there. It's so uh. funny because we do the opposite. We want to hide it all. But Uh-oh. Are you coming for Uh-oh. us on the first episode? Uh-oh. I'm not going like, to hide anything. Right. God has nothing to hide. That's so good. That's so good. That's and so good. It doesn't change God's plan. Even yes. in the messiness and even in the craziness, mm, he was good. still working it out for his glory and for our good, even in the midst of it. Yes. That was a crazy part. Like, oh, you taking the mess. Man, y'all yeah. gonna make me run around this whole stage. Go ahead and take a look. Man, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. So I must confess, we, tonight is gonna be an introduction, right? Um, right. And so we, we're, gonna, we're gonna touch it. We're going, we're going to give a touch to the text. Uh, but this, we're just going to scratch the surface tonight because part of it, just for really all of us, is like preparing our minds and our hearts for this encounter with the Lord because the, the Bible is an encounter with God. Right. And you can read it, you know, you can read the Bible, uh, you know, academically. There's people who, they take classes, read the Bible for literature. You don't even have to be a believer. You can read the Bible. But when your heart is prepared to receive what's in there, it, it transforms it. So um, I thought it would be good to invite the fourth co-host uh, on our set, and that's yeah. the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a moment to invite him to our space and, and have this conversation. You ready for that? All right. Heavenly Father, we invite you. We welcome you. You're here already. You. We, we recognize you're here already. So what we're saying is, Lord, to prepare our hearts to receive your presence, to recognize your presence in this room, in this conversation, on this video podcast. We first and foremost honor you, Lord, that you would bless this, Lord, to the extent, Lord God, that it it is a vehicle by which people can better understand you, draw close to you, and get into your word, Lord. You say that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. May we be illuminated tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> activate. I love that. I love that. Holy <laughs> Spirit, activate. Did you get that from somewhere? Yeah, you know, a little, you know, a little social media. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put you on on this text. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, like, the basics, right, is, like, you can, you can sum up Genesis really quickly. Like, it's basically... Early human history right. and four famous fathers. If yeah. I just wanted to say say it really quickly, right? Um, and written by Moses, about a thousand 
440 years before Jesus was born. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, when you think about just the time that passed before it all and how this eventually connects to his birth down the road, we'll get into that, but the, the, the time difference. And that's something, when I was doing some studies and I was actually listening to um, Dr. J. Renner McGee, and he was talking about the timing in that early human history mm. versus the timing of the patriarchs, right? In that early human history, we have different genealogies. We have, you know, the flood, all these things that happen. That's a pretty expensive, well, I don't know. Let me ask you. Is that a pretty expansive, that's what he said. Is that like a really expansive point in time compared to like the patriarch story? It's like the next generation and the next generation. Yeah, so the early part of Genesis, there's clearly more years are passing than okay. later in Genesis. And then, of course, and we'll get to this later in other episodes, just there's all these questions about what scientists decide, right. you know, determine the age of the earth right. and humanity versus what we get from the scripture. And we'll get into that, but that's part of the interesting part of Genesis, too. But definitely there's more years on the front end than, than later. Yeah. So That's awesome. And I think that shows even... Um, and something we're gonna, something we want to get to with this story is how does Genesis and all these books of the Bible, how does it um, connect to this overarching story of the Bible? I think one thing when we were talking and discussing, um, and especially me in my latter years of study, I came to grips with like, oh shoot, this is a whole entire book. Like even though it's the Bible, right? Like it's not different stories; they all connect to this greater story. And I didn't know that. And I think it's really interesting that this sets up um, a great stage for an early human history, but we see how God chooses this one family and we follow them all throughout the Old Testament. I think that's super, I don't know. No, I mean, you know, they're, they're a really interesting family. And, you know, and, you know, and before we get to that family too, I, I want to, I want to say this, you know, as y'all know, I'm a comic book fan. So uh, another way I like to think about Genesis is as an origin story. That's good. Right, like every superhero has an origin story. So um, it's not God's origin. He existed before the beginning, but it's the origin story of, you know, universe, of, of the earth, of humanity, and also of good and evil. Uh-oh. Right off the jump. Uh-oh. Good and evil. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's any culture or civilization where people at some point are asking questions about the nature of good right. and the nature of evil. How did that hit y'all when you were reading? I'm sitting here thinking, when you said the nature of good and evil, it makes me think of, um, you know, the good is, um, God is always in control, right? Okay. And that's the good. And then the evil, I think it's like, I'm, th I'm thinking of like God is always in control, but then it's like our responsibility, which we have to deal with that evil, right? We, we have to deal with sin. God is in control, but we still have to deal with sin. That is like, that is, in other words, I'm saying that um, sin wasn't our fault, right? But it is our responsibility to overcome sin. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh. That's through the grace, through the grace <laughs> of Jesus Christ. That's, That's a really interesting way of saying that. And we can, like, that's even in our lives, right? There's, so, there's some people that deal with trauma, like, what happened to you wasn't your fault. That's how I look at good. Sorry, I got deep. Sorry. That was <laughs> no, really deep. I don't apologize for that insight. That was really deep. Yeah. That's good. Good and evil. 
I, I, to your point, I like the way you said that there's a, well, I can say his name, if you if you listen to Dr. Bernard, when actually shortly after he was recovering from COVID, he came back and he talked about that element, like oh, did, yeah. the whole like fault responsibility. He, he had an interesting explanation for like why God gives us mercy or one of the reasons he gives us mercy is because we're like casualties in a war we didn't start. Yes. Hmm. Like, here's this cosmic battle between good and evil and yeah. we're the casualties. And the forces of evil are trying to use us, and God is using us. And in the process, we are involved in the crossfire. Yeah. Um, but yet, we're still responsible for um, what God holds us accountable to at yeah. the same time. So that, that's another like big question, you know, people ask us like, why is there evil? Why do good things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Right. Uh, Genesis begins to respond to some of those things. Yeah. yeah. It definitely does. Um, I think just kind of my take on it, I took it a more kind of personal route in that, um, you know, especially growing up like in a church context, like to me, it kind of seemed, um, I felt unfair, like it was unfair that I had to have the responsibility of it, right? Because especially like in a church context, you know, you're growing up, you're sheltered, you're covered, you're all these things. So you're you're not even looking for all this stuff, right? Um, and then, you know, it's just stuff hits you, right? Yeah. And it's in the face of you. But again, to your point, it's still our responsibility. So that's something that even through my years and my relationship, I really had to battle and test with God. Um, and I think that was kind of um, kind of like Adam and Eve, kind of, I can see how they would take that on too of like, you know, you're telling me this one thing, I'm trying to do what you told me to do, yeah. but yet and still I have this desire, this whatever, um, and then still have the responsibility of my choices and what I decide to do. Um, yeah, that's something I've always kind of wrestled. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty rough if you think about it. It's like God still allows us to abuse free will. He doesn't oh revoke. Yes. Like, after humanity disowned him, he didn't turn that feature off of right. our human right. experience. He didn't. So we still have it and we can still abuse it and affect other people yeah. right. by our choices. Yeah. Right. That's another thing I see in Genesis too, like other people being affected by the choice you make. Literally. Yeah, when you when you talk about um, us taking advantage of free will, how many of y'all told Jesus you want to go do it again? <laughs> Don't many, raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Times, God, I, if you get me out of this one, I won't do it again. Yeah. You got to go back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free will, gift and a curse. And I think that goes back to what you talked about in the beginning, how you know, the premise of God, especially the Old Testament God, is he's a God that's angry and he's a God of wrath, but he's really a God of mercy and grace. Yes, come on. Because even in spite of our responsibility, you see the, the people in Genesis, they didn't always make the right choices, right? Ah. You know, Abraham telling Pharaoh that Sarah's his uh, sister, when she says, well, like, you are completely out of line, sir. But, we saw, but here, here is the part that stuck out to me. God went to Pharaoh in his dream. Oh and said, don't touch her. So even in that, Sheesh. his mercy Still and his sorry. grace on the marriage to cover that, like, and so that's not to take the responsibility on we, what we have to do, but that's to, again, show that in this Old Testament book, in Genesis, God was still a gracious and loving and compassionate God, regardless. That's good. That's good. I love, I love that. Um, Abraham's an interesting character, too. Um, I... I you know, as I think about him, and really, as I think about all the characters, 
again, I, I know in the very first part of Genesis, we're introduced to like this concept of the knowledge of good and evil. So I want to return to that thing too. So it's like the knowledge of good and evil in this battle between good and evil. And I think what's really cool, maybe cool, interesting about Genesis in this battle is that it's happening. Like as I was reading it, it was like, man, this is like, this battle is happening through gene warfare. Mm. Ooh. It's like Battle of the Offspring. Yeah. I love Did y'all that. catch that when yeah. you were reading? Battle of the Offspring. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's like Adam and Eve sin, and God's like, yeah, game on. Your seed against my seed. Right. That's so good. Mm. And then the rest of the story is yeah. this. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. Man, that is so good. That's real good. I, 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 yeah, that's I gotta sit and wrestle with that. that we, I, that's so good. Man. That's why they have all this drama and all these relationship dynamics. And and it makes me think differently about, like, you know, I see all these moments where the fathers are blessing the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like Abraham's blessing, Isaac's blessing, and the, the battle, and the, you know, the deception around yeah. who gets the birthright and sure. all the blessing. It's like God is trafficking the blessing of humanity through the blessing of these fathers. And these blessings are just so important that they they have it. And so, um, and that's what we get our famous for, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Yeah. Which of those four um, stuck out to you the most? Ooh-wee. I would say for me, y'all know who stuck out the most? I relate to Joseph the most, but it was Isaac. Talk to me about Isaac. You don't, you don't hear too much about Isaac's life. Don't. But one thing I noticed was, of course, Isaac, when he was born, he was about to get sacrificed from his father, right? Then, you know, the Bible really don't, don't say much. And then he gets older, and we know mm. that you know, his father tells him, like, hey, I want you to marry a wife that comes from my, from my country. So God grants that. But then we see Isaac, he fall in love with his, with his wife on the physical side. Okay. She's beautiful to yeah. me. But they never have emotional connection. Excuse me? And if, when, when you look at it, you, you, you can see that he was never emotion, emotionally connected to neither his children nor his, uh, his wife. So you, you can see that there was friction. Why, that's why I believe that she tricked them. We never connected. That's interesting. We never connected. I hadn't thought about that. And even when his son, his son didn't want the birthright. And Isaac didn't know that, but that was your favorite son. So he never had a, he never showed emotion. Could that be, this is just my thoughts. Could that be because when he was young, I was about to get sacrificed. Please. Stop. <laughs> Just a thought. Stop. Just a thought. I had y'all. never <laughs> thought about that. That's it, it, wild. It tripped me out. Hold it on. It tripped wait, me wait, out. Wait, wait. Go to Google. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it, it tripped Hold me on. out, y'all. It tripped me out. That's, that's good. That is bananas. I got to find something. Y'all go ahead. I but gotta, no, that's good because, again, we think these folks are like super people. They're just regular folks. Right. Who are experiencing these crazy events? Yes, and then we can then we can go into. This is me personally. 
we know us guys, you know, like, it's important for us to be emotionally connected to our wives. You gonna go there, huh? I'm saying, I'm saying it's important because it can, right. it can cause friction. If right. you're not emotionally connected, don't you touch me? Don't you look right. at me? You know, and so I, it made me think like, okay, I gotta be better as a husband. Mm. Even to my children, to Even my kids, I would miss out on something. My son doesn't want my blessing. He like, Dad, I don't even know you. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna clap that one up. Wow. That was too good. No, that's crazy because God used them, but their own personal lives may not have been as fulfilled as they wanted because they weren't as engaged as they could have in terms of their own personal growth yes. and development. But God still used them. He's still, good God Almighty. Can we just thank God that he used imperfect people? <laughs> Ooh, that's so good. And that brings me to um, my favorite character, who's a sub-character. It's um, Jacob. But I'm going to look at Rachel for a second <laughs> in that story. And I was reading, if y'all haven't got Dr. Joshua's recommendation for the Women's Devotional Bible, men or women, you guys should really get that book. Yeah. The way they go through the profiles of the women and just give you the heart of it. And so to your point, the reason why Rachel intrigued me so much is because, you know, again, going back to, you know, she, she was desired, you know, and all these things, and her sister wasn't, right? Her sister wasn't. However, her sister conceived. So there was this natural tension between the sisters. But what Rachel kept saying that she was longing was a child, right? So as the story progresses and as it goes, you know, um, her servant, her handmaiden ends up, you know, having a son for her. Then she ends up having birth to two children. At the end of Rachel's life, um, when I was reading the devotional, she ends up dying while she was having a seed, while she was having, you know, her child, right? And the reason why that struck me is because this whole time, and again, this is a different context. So there was a blessing in having a male seed. It's a different context, right? But all she was desiring and needing to feel validated and, 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 and as a woman, right, is having a child. Wow. This is her, the, one of the biggest arcs of her story. And we see that where she ends, where she ends up dying, is actually having childbirth. She dies while God is giving her the blessing that she's been, this has been her whole life long for, wow. right? And she dies getting what she longed for. So what that pushed me is like, Raven, where are you getting your fulfillment? Sheesh. Like, as a woman, do you have to be fulfilled in marriage and in children and all these things to be fulfilled? Because that might be your demise. Like, let your fulfillment be in me and Come Christ. Come on. That's right? his name. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, God. You know, and that goes back to these characters in their lives, right? Like, they were still following God and trusting the promise, but they were working out in their own human strength right? Mm. And their own human understanding to get it accomplished. But God's saying, I never needed you to do that. I just need you to look at me. Ah, that's good. Mm. Just look at me. I'm, I'm so glad you brought out Rachel because while if you look at the biblical genealogies, like the men yeah. are marking where that blessing is going, but the process of the blessing, Ooh. the women's stories are really so rich and dynamic. Hey, I, mean, I mean, I like, I like Rachel's dynamic. I, Personally, I was intrigued by Leah's story. Talk about it. Because it was like, I just felt for her. She just kept, she was, 
just all the rejection she experienced. Yeah. Rejection. Just, and every time she had a child, it's like, well, my husband like me now. Oh my God. And she has another child, it's like, my husband like me now. And so, and God, you know, you see how God is favoring her and like, he has mercy on her by giving her children because she was, felt so rejected. But I just was thinking about just the life she lived with all that rejection and her and her sister um, just dealing with the, the baby mama drama. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, between sisters. Yeah. Um, and so going back to, like you said about the, the women, you know, there were some really dynamic and, and strong women. I think for us as women, kind of to your point, like, what are we looking at? Like I brought it before, what are we looking at as women um, that is giving us that satisfaction? Like what, it, what is that goal, that thing that we're desiring? Um, yeah, I really think that as women, just to kind of ponder on that. Um, and men too, of course. Oh but... yeah, we need some help in Jesus. Oh, thank you for admitting it, my brother. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. for sure. KP, yeah. which, uh, which female character from Genesis would you um, man. focus on? Great Hagar. Okay. The great. I can't, I can't argue with that. Hagar the great. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, Hagar was tough. She was tough. She was in a situation that she didn't ask for. Right? Sarah, yo, yo, I want you to sleep with my husband because I can't have a baby. God, God never said do that. <laughs> and she just she just obeyed, right? Yeah. And she, um, you know, she had the baby. And Sarah, like, Abraham, this is your fault. You did this. You're like, yo, I just did what you asked me to. I didn't, you know, but but she 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 stood it, she she ran away, and the angel of the Lord told her to go back. How can you go back to somebody who's who's uh you know we can say like is verbally abusive to you, who just don't want you there, who want to kick you and your son out like you don't want me and you telling me I have to go back there how many of us would go back to the person that's abusive to us who don't want to stare who want to kick you and your kids out ain't nobody got time for that but Hagar she stood firm and she trusted God as, as every character in Genesis it was tough right it wasn't their fault but their they trusted that God was in control and that Ooh. I believe that they was like Abraham. A lot of them had absolute faith. No matter what it looks like, I'm going to believe you. No matter what, I'm going to trust you. So, yeah, Hagar. <laughs> you know what Hagar's story reminds me of? Because I, you know, I, my, what I study in some of my research, slave narratives. So it, it, okay. it reminds Uh-oh. me of, it, it's really a classic story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Slave master, wow. slave master's wife, and he has a child by one of his slaves. And that whole yeah. dynamic just reminded me of that. In fact, there's a book called Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl by Harry Jacobs. You should read it. <laughs> but it just, uh, it reminds me of that dynamic and the kind of strength that uh, someone in Hagar's position would have had to exhibit yeah. to come back to that situation. Yeah. Let me say something about that, too, because I know that just in our ears, it just sounds crazy. Like, God, you allowed all that craziness. Yeah, that's uh, like crazy. all these different, a, a man having oh, relations with all these right. different women. Um, so part of the context, too, and again, like we got to treat the Bible like it's a different culture. That's very Like you, you wouldn't go to somebody else's country and see all the different customs and start judging them right away. Because like you would just say, like, let me try to understand 
their mindset. So it's the same here. And so back in that day, it was the norm that basically people like Hagar were basically surrogate mothers. Yeah. That was their version of surrogate mothers. And they were the le- they were legally owned by the wife. So Hagar, like, so, so Hagar's child is actually Sarah's child. That belongs to Sarah. And so when Abraham says, do with her as you want, that was her legal Right. Um, and so it, it, it wouldn't have been appropriate for Abraham. I, I know it just sounds weird, but in that their culture, crazy. like him having sexual relations with just any other women wouldn't have been, you know, that would have been frowned upon. But in this yeah. instance, the culture would have seen Hagar as a surrogate mother. Yeah. So because you said it, and you can move me off if you want to, but you said not any woman. Yes. So polygamy in the Bible was frowned upon? Or? Well, it, okay. So, first of all, the average person couldn't be polygamous. It was okay. mainly wealthy people. Abraham was very rich. Um, monarchs. Um, and it, it, it was under very specific circumstances. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying that makes it okay, but this idea that every person in the Bible is polygamous right. is, not, right. is not true. So, um, you know, God dealt with people where they were. He called Abraham from Mesopotamia, where they worshiped multiple gods. Right. And so basically you have a dynamic where God is discipling Abraham through Genesis hmm. and, help, and teaching him his ways. And like, through, it, you don't see it so much um, if you're just reading an English version of the Bible. But as you see different ways that God has encounters with Abraham, God is giving him different names. Like yeah. he's saying, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm El Shaddai. Yeah. I'm God Almighty, and He's showing this is who I am, and this is what I'm about. That's wow, that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, I want to. So, let's talk a little bit more about this because, and you touched on it, KP, right? So, like, the work. So we start with the origins of human history, right? We have uh, the universe, we have the Earth, we have all these people who are navigating things, and God is keeps resetting. Okay, so human beings do wicked things, God resets. So Adam and Eve, humanity is wicked, he resets with Noah. And then they do, they, he can't destroy them with the flood anymore, but they go through this whole rebellion with the Tower of Babel. He has to reset by changing all the languages and confusing them. And then we get to Abraham, which is like another reset, right? So here's this family that's going to be this blessed family. But as we've been talking about, them being a blessed family doesn't mean they don't have drama. This is a family with a lot of problems. Hmm. It's like going back to the polygamy thing, right? It's described, but it's not prescribed. Write that down. Well, a prescription is kind of like, you know, when you go to the doctor and they say, take these or do this. It's not an instruction to say, go do this. Hmm. It's simply describing what happened because Hmm. you notice... Even in the situation where in the culture it was okay, right. it was not a situation that created peace. Right? Oh. It's not the ideal situation. It's just where the culture was at the time. Yeah. It's, not, it's not advised to do that. Yeah. And that's what I was finding too in the text. And I don't know if anybody else found this. Is like when you would read what their actions and what they would do, there would still be a direct consequence for what they did. Exactly. So we're not out here saying, like, go out, do what you want to do. God's going to cover it. He's going to fix it. Like, no, there is a direct consequence in response to the actions that you're doing that are anti to who God is in his character. That is such a crazy point. 
Um, yeah. You know, like when I made the statement about, you know, it's our responsibility, um, you know, it's, it's our responsibility. Um, we have to make sure that we make the right decision, the, the right decision between the what God has said, the promise, in in between of the manifestation of it. Yeah, get what I mean? Say it. God, God says this promise. Hey, I sell supply all your needs. Uh, I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you got everything, right? But there's some decisions that mm. we have to make in between mm. that and the manifestation of it. Mm. The manifestation of the thing, the blessing. When you get married, right? Be, be, before you get in between, God says... God says God, <laughs> on the first episode. No, I'm just trying to make sure I make it clear to her. God said you're going to get married, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have to make sure that you have to make the right decisions okay. in between that and, and the manifestation of it. Right, I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, I feel like, like, like throughout the book of Genesis, like God always, he was always in control. He always said like, hey, go do this, go do that. I'm going to do my part. But we have to make sure that we do our part. But sometimes when we, don't make that right decision. The, the manifestation is still coming, but we take some some, some, some detours that that cause that. Just like Abraham, right? Abraham and Isaac. Isaac did the same thing his daddy did. Lied and said, "Yo, this is my yeah. sister." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so there's there's different things that we that you know we have. We just have to make sure that we make the right decision, or you're going to do a detour and then get mad at God and blame Him, and it's not His fault. That's on you. It goes back to what I was saying before. God doesn't revoke our free will. So he lets us live with the consequences. And he lets other people affected by our decisions yes. live with those consequences. Yes. That is the saddest part. Like, to your point, I saw generational cycles in each of these patriarchs. And going back to your point, like, it wasn't on the descendants and the children, but it was because of a decision that your daddy made that now mm. you're dealing with. Come on, fathers. Right? Yeah. And so, like, to your point, like, every decision that we're making, it doesn't just affect what you're doing. It affects every single person around you. But the amazing thing about that, y'all, even though it sounds so cold, especially for us fathers, right? Go ahead and get an encouragement. My goodness. But when we look at Noah, hey. God, in Ezekiel 14, the Bible says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, the Bible says that, that Noah was one of the most righteous men in his time. Mm. Hmm. Even though he was a drunkard. <laughs> even though, even though so despite of, you know, our, our uh, imperfections, good, our, you know, our, our frailties, all that, God said, you're still righteous. That's good, KP. Can I say something about the, the, the drunk yeah. thing? I like that you brought that up because I was reflecting recently, just as an aside, like about him getting drunk. Yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow. <laughs> like literally. Could you imagine like the trauma he just experienced? Thank yes. You. The whole world is dead except you and your family. The whole world. You, it's just you and some animals. Nobody's ever seen so rain before, ever, too. ever. You built this ark for years. Nobody believes you. Come on, no, this is really going to happen. You crazy. He builds the ark. They get in there. 
they, he goes through the whole experience, and then when it's done, I just think he's holding in the, the, mm. the trauma. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I don't, it doesn't say it explicitly, but I think he's getting drunk just to process. Yes. What in the world? Just what? Me and my family? Nah, that's real. For real. So, like, I think, too, with all that, because we get the flood, and we, we said before that, like, people experience the consequences of other evil. But I think the hope in Genesis is this. We start off with God as the source of good because he's the one qualified to say what's good and what's not. Right. We get evil introduced to the dynamic, right, because of humanity's sin. But at the very end, when Joseph understands, yes. like, why he went through what he went through. And at the very end, when Jacob dies, Jacob's brothers come to Joseph and they say, man, daddy's dead, man. Joseph is going to come get us. We better go beg for mercy. And Joseph is like, no, oh, I understand now. I was here for a purpose. And what was meant for evil, God uses for good. The worst tragedy pales in, the, in comparison to the goodness Jeez. God can create in, in our lives. That's, that's hard to see in the moment. Yeah. When Joseph was betrayed by his siblings, sold into slavery, yeah. and he was lied on, and then his right. boss was, you know, his boss didn't believe him. Then he goes to jail, serves honorably. The folks he said was going to do him a favor didn't do him a favor. <laughs> right. And he had every reason to think that God abandoned him, but God took what the enemy meant for evil. And that's the hope we have. Yeah, that good. God can use evil for good. We don't know how he's going to use it. So even when we don't see it, we got to bless the Lord knowing like a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and that you can't mess that cube uh, enough to the point that you can't turn it back to its regular shape and back to its original that's place. Good. And that's God in our lives. That's so good. That's so good. Yes, y'all better clap for that one. That yeah. one. <laughs> that was good. Listen, we haven't even really gotten into the scripture yet. Nah. This was just a. Yeah. This was just a preview. This is just us kind of preparing, and in the weeks to come, we're gonna dig in chapter by chapter, talk about themes. I hope you've read the text already, but you can reread it uh, along with us. We're so excited about what yeah. is to come and just all of us getting more into this book. So, y'all feel good? Feeling great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling real good, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's, yeah. It's touching. It's hitting. Yeah, man. This yeah. is, yeah, man. You tripped me out with the father, with the father thing. Man, man you tripped me out with the... Uh, he was tripping everybody. <laughs> Isaac and the emotional connection. I'm going I'm to go back and study that, right. man. That's really good. Yeah. But, um, hey, I think I think we're in good shape. How's everybody feel? Everybody good? Woo! Okay, well, like we said, this is Dr. Joshua. I'm Raven. I'm KP. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, we're, um, we're never, we're signing off. We ain't never signing out. All right, so till next time, make sure that you get in the deck. I got my eyes on the prize. Will a man rob God? So I'm tired with my talent, treasure, and time. Hope, Casey. Heavenly Father, I know.